All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve. With me always is Taz. What's up? Yes, today we're going to do our ACC preview. We're going to break it up into two different episodes. So this one, we're going to cover the Atlantic Division. And one of the main questions I'm wondering is, is the ACC in trouble right now because of their TV deal? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll go over <laughs> that and uh, kind of compare them to the other divisions and uh, we'll see where they stand. Yeah, right now, each school right now from their TV deal they got set up is only bringing in $17 million per school, which is actually last in the Power 5 schools they got out there. Yeah, and this is a long-term deal. So uh, this is something that, uh, you know, ESPN not going to let them out of. They just got to ride it out and watch everybody else get paid. Exactly. Like right now, the Big Ten, they're making $31.4 million per school, and sometime here in the next week or so, from what I was reading, they're going to sign a TV deal that's worth a billion dollars a year. That breaks down to each university at each school in the Big Ten collecting $71 million a year just off of their TV deal. Major. I mean, look at all the improvements you can make, money you can spread out throughout the university, not just with uh, coaches. I mean, facilities you can constantly upgrade. Oh, yeah. You can, you can get you a nice slip and slide and oh, yeah. everything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's what it, you know a lot of these schools trying to do, player fan experience, because um, there's a lot of people now starting to kind of hang out to the house, you know. Exactly. Or, you know, since the COVID years or whatever, so having an in-home experience. So trying to get the fans back, so $71 million would be a big boost. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, right now the SEC, they're bringing in $44 million off of their deal, which they'll probably renegotiate when they get Texas and Oklahoma in. Pac-12, even in the horrible deal that they have right now, they're bringing in $21 million to school. And right. the Big 12 don't even have a network. And they're bringing in $20 million a year to each school, while the ACC says they're locked into this till I want to say, 2036. Yeah. It's seventeen million. And that and of course that Pac twelve is right, the short term deal, right? So they can go Correct. back to the table. Yeah. They're so. I think their deal ends after next year. So they're gonna okay. go back to the table after the Big Ten gets a billion dollars. The SEC is gonna probably get a billion. And hopefully their new commissioner in the Pac twelve can get them an even better deal where outside of if you live east of Arizona, you can actually get the Pac twelve network. <laughs> <laughs> It is. So, Jim Phillips, you're the commissioner. You got to get back to the table, my man. Yeah, yeah. If not, they're just going to fall behind. I mean, uh, outside of, you know, everything else is going on, these NIL deals, these kids, they still like good facilities. They like nutrition. They like, you know, whatever's going to help them try to regenerate the bodies, all the uh, the advanced science that they have out there. So, that, uh, that money plays a big role. And plus, you know, helping other programs. Within exactly. the university, so if you you limited seventeen, you can only do so much there. I mean, you're going to spread out to help some of the other programs, but when you got seventy one, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can give a lot of different non money generating sports a lot of money to help build them up to Correct. build the facilities and Correct. stuff for the student athletes and stuff. The whole student athlete experience, I believe. Oh yeah, it's, that's what it's all about. I mean, drawing not only you you don't only recruit. The players, but their families, yeah. you know, so when they come on campus they're saying, OK, what are you, you going to be doing, you know, while you're away from home? How are you going to be taking care of my son or daughter or whatever away from home? And you see all of this right here. I mean, shoot, the fan, the family may want to move in. Yeah, <laughs> I know I would. <laughs> so where are you staying? Oh, we're staying over here. Nice. Exactly. I like that. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so the main question, I guess, in the ACC is and I know it's been different the last two years but is someone ready to take Clemson's spot at the top of the mantle I mean they won five straight before the COVID year which will give the COVID here a break on everybody that Notre Dame ended up winning the division or yeah the regular season and they got knocked off in the in the championship game mm -hmm. again so I guess Clemson did win that one and then Wake Forest actually won the division last year yeah, I mean, the, the opportunity was there for everybody to, to, to kind of take that leap. Uh, Wake Forest, you know, did what they had to do to kind of move up. I, th I even think NC State made a leap, but there's a lot of programs that didn't. Uh, Virginia was a surprise for Broncos stepping down. You know, I think Virginia could have taken that leap. They, had, they were playing pretty solid 
um, before then, but now they have a new regime coming there. Uh, so does Duke. And so the opportunities were there. There's still some coaches that's now on hot seats that should have taken the leap. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. of course, you have new coaches. I mean, also, Crystal Ball's a new coach in there now. So you, you, you have programs at different places right now. So we'll see. We'll see if they can take that step. See the new blood can come in, make some noise, and uh, and challenge Clemson. But even Clemson themselves got to be able to sustain what they used to sustain. So yeah, that is so true. They they've had a major fallout. They just lost their offensive coordinator, just lost their defensive coordinator. Yeah. So Davo might be stretching for straws this year, especially with his quarterback situation. But we'll get to that into a minute. So let's go on and go through these teams. And like I said, we go in the order in which they finished last year. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Wake Forest. They won the division. Their head coach, Dave Clawson, I think has done a great job. They were actually my surprise team last year, which I did say it, but we just hadn't had this up and running yet. <laughs> we did it. And, I mean, they got 11 wins last year. I think they really, really benefited from – their extra year, the COVID year. I think last year they had super seniors and extra seniors and six-year seniors and probably somebody that was 35 years old on their team if you look deep enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he brought that team along with that. Now, there used to be some solid years. Wait for us, would be pretty solid here or there. But they were, for a long time, like a, one of those stepping stone teams. You know, you schedule them, you pretty much pencil it in as a win. Oh, but, yeah. you know, that Clawson's come there, and like you said, on top of his development, bringing guys in, coaching staff, and the extra COVID year. Exactly. Uh, now you have, you know, some mature players there in chemistry. So um, I think Wake Forest now, it, it, we'll see if they can sustain it. And I think with the new way of college football, I think it's easier to sustain now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Their their quarterback, Sam Hartman, he's a redshirt junior, but this will actually be his fifth year. Yeah. So, I mean, he might get six, seven years to play. Yeah. He had a great year last year. Yeah, and that's experience at a, at, at a key position, which is the quarterback position. Yeah, okay. which they lost at the running back position because he ended up transferring to South Carolina, which, okay, I – guess so he thought i guess he thinks spencer rattler is a great (laughs) he'll be handing the ball off because he don't want to get hit no more so maybe that was a good decision i think i would have wrote it out at wake forest their number two running back comes back that justice ellison he's a sophomore he had a pretty decent year and their top receiver perry who had 1300 yards and 15 touchdowns are coming back yeah that's huge like i said with chemistry with the quarterback they've been familiar with the system COVID year, so you got a lot of mature guys that are still on the other side. Defense probably get you the ball back. Offensive line's key, mm-hmm. you know, as far as protection and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think I think Wake will make some noise again this year. Um, considering, like I said, I mean, the ACC is not hadn't been kind of you know representing the last few years outside of Clemson. Yeah, exactly. uh, and I mean, even in the last few years with Clemson, had they yeah. really been representing? Yeah. They got ran by LSU, or the brakes beat off of them by Ohio State. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, last year, though, I mean, it maybe it was early or whatever it was. Um, they did take that Georgia team to the brink the first game. They really did. They really did. <laughs> I mean, if they had a quarterback, they probably yeah. could have won that game. Yeah. They did. They played really solid at the yeah. very beginning. But I think Wake Forest has a pretty favorable schedule. I think nine wins. Nine wins is a pretty good outlook for Wake Forest this upcoming year. Coming off 11 wins, that's, eh, they're good, but I'm not so sure they're 11 wins good again. Well, I mean, but you got to consider who they're playing. If they can kind of pull those teams out, those games out outside of the out-of-conference games. Yeah, I mean, they, they got a shot. So let's move on to our next team. We got NC State. Oh, what do you know about NC State, Taz? NC State, that's that surprise team. That's my surprise team. Your surprise team. That's my surprise team. Okay, right here there. we go. Now yeah. we got them out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the Wolfpack this year. Wolfpack also, like most other teams, had a lot of injured players and, and still played solid. So they got those players coming back on top of the experience that they got um, last year, have a seasoned quarterback, um, seasoned coach. It, 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 I think it's a good veteran team. 
that's that's uh it's ready to make some noise right now. Oh yeah, they got a really solid defense. Like you said, their quarterback Devin Leary's coming back. I mean, he has a chance to be probably the top quarterback in in the conference. That Dave Doran, he's done an amazing job. He's been there since 2013. They've given him time to develop, build a program, do it the way he wants to do it. Like I said, their defense is solid. They never made an ACC championship game, but that that streak might actually end this year. Yeah, I mean, the challenge, like I said, I think their division's probably the toughest division with Clemson and Wake over there. And, and, and really, any given time, I mean, you got to bring it every Saturday. Florida State can step up, maybe knock you off or something, give or take. But it depends, you know what I'm saying? You got to start fast, you don't start fast, and you miss around. Yeah, that is true. Find yourself overlooking them. Yeah, and, yeah you uh, can't get overlook caught slipping. Team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I think it's gonna be a challenge, but I mean, I think I think they'll be up for the task. So, yeah, I mean, they have a great they have a great opportunity. They do. They I I wouldn't be surprised to see them playing in December in Charlotte. I would against a team in another in the other division. They would, like I said, Dave doing he's doing the right thing and doing it right. I love their defense. I think their defense could probably be maybe even the top defense in the ACC. Yeah, and like I said, I think all around, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, I watched these teams, and like I said, they had a lot of experienced players that was out that's coming back on top of the experience that they've gotten. So, yeah, this team right here is probably one of the most, if not the most, experienced teams, like probably outside of like maybe a wake that brought a lot of guys back. Yeah, yeah. Know? I mean, they got two of their top three receivers back. They got a transfer from Maryland. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they their offense is going to be explosive. It is. And then they played really solid defense last year. Like I said, 10, 11, maybe, they could win. For NC State, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they're they going to be favored most games. They're probably going to be in most games. They, gotta, they, they have some teams that are still kind of probably finding out who they are. Only mm-hmm. because of this portal thing, man. So many guys moved around. Yeah, you know, that is true. You know, so the, the a lot of teams don't have the complete chemistry of guys coming back like a like a pit on the other side. You know, yeah. but with this with this new transfer thing, that's why I say it's, it's so difficult now uh, to manage a team because you got so many factors now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's our recap for NC State. Let's move on to the next one. We have is Clemson. Clemson actually went ten and three last year and was considered a down year. Is yeah. it because the standard is set so high, or was it actually a down year? I still think it was a down. I think it was. I, I would say it was a down year, considering Clemson and the level of play they've been having. Yeah, offense, the bar that defense. they set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it was. And it, and for them, anything less than being continue to being competitive with the the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, um, even the Notre Dame's at times. Those teams are still maintaining. And Clemson was right there with them. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so with Clemson not being there, of course it's one year and any t- any team can. But just watching them, just the way that they dropped back. Like I said, you can tell the team was solid, pretty pretty much well coached. It's just quarterback play wasn't up to standard. I mean, they were right there with Georgia, who eventually won the national championship. Oh, yeah. So they were right there, you know, toe for toe. So is that – is that it? Is it the quarterback position? Because I went back and I looked, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I think Davos had a pretty good run on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. From 2011 to 13, he had Taj Boy. From 14 to 16, he had Deshaun Watson. Yep. He had Kelly Bryant in 2017, got him to the playoff. Yep. And then from 18 to 20, he had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, those are primetime quarterbacks. It is. And, it, and that's the thing is you have to – with recruiting was good because they can recruit five stars, two, three deep. Oh, yeah. that's not the issue. But the issue is you you gotta pretty much hit and choose the right one. Why? Because the other two is probably not gonna stay there and sit. Mm-mm. That's the key. No, not now, not now. So that's the they key. Won't. You gotta make sure you choose the right one. Yeah. If you don't hit on the right one and he's slower in development, it's gonna probably help the you know hurt the the team a little more developing on the offense side. So that's key, um, that quarterback position. So what kind of leash do you give their quarterback this year? You got the number one dual threat quarterback in last year's class that Kay Klubik is his backup. Well, and what? How long of a leash do you give him? Well, it's the thing. It's going to depend on Dabo, offensive coordinator, what they 
feel um, as far as his, his grasp of the offense, first of all. Mm. I mean, we can see it, you know, spring game, of course, is vanilla. Yeah. But when it when it comes to actual playing the games, you, you, you got to add more as you go on. And it's going to depend on how much how fast he pick it up, how much he pick up, and and if they're confident to kind of roll with him. You know? Yeah, because I watched that spring game and that quarterback they had last year, the DJ, I don't even want to DJ you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched the spring game, and he's still missing the same throws he missed last year. Yeah. I mean, he'll have the receivers are open. The ball needs to be right there. Mm-hmm. Throw it over the top, drop it in the bucket, whatever you got to do. He's still missing them same throws, which they're hard throws, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. look at what he came from behind. Look look what he came and what was behind him. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think I think with Dabble being a, is a, a seasoned coach, a winning coach, I don't think he would be as quick or influenced by the fan base to make a quick change or have a quick quick hook. True. Now, if he's a younger younger coach, possibly, but with Dabo, you know, he's, he's you know he's seasoned, a vet coach, so he may take his time a little more and not be forced by the fan base to make a change. Yeah. You know, because you know, fan base can get rough. If he go out there, they seen they saw him last year, mm-hmm. and. And if they continue to see the same thing at the beginning of the year, you may hear some boos. Oh, yeah, you'll hear some rumble. You know, that's the thing. And once you start to hear the boos, you know, as far as Dabo's, you know, hearing it. And, of course, you know, post-game, he'll be questioned about it. Every game. You know, will he be influenced to to go ahead and make the move? Or he said, no, just take your time. Let let me kind of roll with him a little bit. And it depends on if you're winning. If you win the games, even ugly it buys you a little more time with your backup. Oh, yeah, of course. You know? Of course, yeah. But let Dabo lose two out of the first six games. If he's four and yeah. two and out of it, Correct. oh, then the first thing they're going to do is, well, like they say, the 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 most popular person on the team is the backup quarterback. Yep. So could that turn into a situation? But it because of the expectation that this fan base has for this team, because of what he's been able to do, and they know what, like we've talked in the past, that fan base knows what good quarterbacking looks like. Yeah, and especially in your conference because exactly. you're used to beating these teams. And you don't want certain teams, of course. What do you have, five teams from the, from the state of North Carolina? How many, how many teams? Yeah, yeah four or five teams. Rose. Yeah, so though I, I still say even though all of them aren't top rivals, they're still rivals because they're in-state rivals. Oh yeah, you don't want the in-state rival team South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. you don't want them (laughs) hanging around. No, I'm used to you know smashing them, Mm -hmm. but I don't want them hanging around. Yeah, that's true. So no, I was gonna say is you you don't want them hanging around. Then you start hitting the rum. It's the fan base that can really have an influence, and then it it goes from fan base to the guys that actually really get to you, which is the reporters now. So they're constantly asking those questions. (laughs) <laughs> you know, over and over again, and you now find yourself in a position trying to answer the same question over and over. So, you, you know, Dabble will probably address it, and then, look, this is the last time I'm going to address it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I think it's going to be difficult. I think he's going to have a – I think he could lose four games this year and be eight and four. He could. He could. And, and that's the thing is, is do he continue to ride the armor of the quarterback? Because, I mean, at, at one point he did start leaning on the run game a little more. Yeah. To kind of move the offense a little bit. So, um, do you lean more on that defense? Uh, we'll see. New defense coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Venable's not there now. Mm-mm, so, we'll see. Oklahoma now. We'll see, you know, how the defense, you know, reacts now to a new D coordinator. What is the offense going to look like? Well, that's, Tony Elliott's at Virginia now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But that's the thing, though. How much to do, you know, as far as the influence of Dabo, and like I said, you can't really just kind of lean on the guy because he didn't really produce much since. It's like, no, nah, we're going to stick with what's working. It yeah, they, really didn't work. they would have they would have been better making this transition, losing their coordinator when Trevor Lawrence was there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sold on that kid. I think that Kay Klubik, I, I think, honestly, if he played him, I, is he 100% ready? No. He's a true mm-hmm. freshman coming out of high school from Austin Westlake out there in Texas. But they produce players and quarterbacks out there. But I, just, I don't know if he's 100% ready. But I think him being 80% ready is better than the other quarterback right out the jump. I, just, I mean, I just do. Like I said, watching the spring game, he's still missing easy throws. Dink and dunk. 
drop it off, get to a playmaker, get out in space, get up the field, let's move the chains, let's keep it going. But I just I still see the same mistakes and the same misses that he made last year. Yeah. Now, I, just real quick before we move on, Dabo has I think he has a luxury, mm-hmm. you know, to actually get this guy some reps if it's not working early. Um, the luxury with his first three games of the schedule. I mean, you got Georgia Tech. Yeah, we you got you got Furman, oh, which you should he, be he able to get a lot of reps yeah. in that game, and you have Latet. Oh yeah, for sure. So you you got the first three weeks to yeah. kind of evaluate before you get into conference play, which is Wake Forest your first game. So you got an opportunity <laughs> to say, okay, I can kind of mess around a little bit. I think my defense can kind of hold these teams right here. Yeah, you know, and get the guys some reps, and then just reevaluate with those three games. And then you go from there. So you can still have an open quarterback competition during the season. Correct. Because stuff don't get real until Wake Forest in week four. Yeah, so you got three weeks. So let me ask you this. Who is who is the starting quarterback week four against Wake Forest? Well, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard well, to say. that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> well, well that, that's what I'm saying because they're going to put probably both guys out there. We're in a position of making predictions, Taz. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as a mindset of the coach also. Yeah. Like the coach is going to say, what we're going to do, we're going to let both of them play. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, the first three now, games. The, now, the first game this dude struggles, he'll he'll probably play most of the game. And then and if, if K come in and does pretty well in the second half, he may want to say, you know what? I'm going to get K some reps with the first team early. See, I would do that in that Furman game. That yeah. second game of the year, I yeah. would start that Clay Kubek in the, at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I would. Just that's to that's see the thing. It's, a, it's the evaluation the process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The first couple of games. I mean, Georgia Tech, of course, is a is a conference game. It's yeah. probably a little familiar with them. But, I mean, yeah, I ain't too scared of Georgia Tech. No. But you, you, you have those three games to evaluate to see who you want to roll with in that Wake Forest game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, t- turnovers plays a part of it. That's true, too. Yeah. So. Who can who can secure the ball? Great. Again, I heard somebody say one time, they say, you know, the football's so important, they named the game after it. Yeah. So don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So our next thing we got here is Louisville. That Malik Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he ain't Lamar. I saw Lamar play live a couple of times in college. He's not Lamar, but he's actually pretty, pretty, pretty good. I mean, last year threw for twenty nine hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns, and ran for a thousand yards and twenty touchdowns. But he got no help whatsoever. Well, that too, and that that, and um, he did get banged up a little bit. Which oh, yeah. kind of slows his production. Yeah, this Louisville team is interesting with the coach going and what to. Uh, I don't know how they're counting it with the COVID year, third year, fourth year. Yeah, I'm not. It's they, hard to keep track of what class yeah, these kids are now. Yeah, however, however they're calling it or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I think this is a year that they're looking for the, the coach, not only the player and the team, to take the next step. Oh, yeah, of you course. Know? Because, I mean, for all of these teams, really, the opportunities out there to grab you know, the lead of the of this conference, mm-hmm. you know. Not saying you're going to be the face. Like I said, everybody's got the same issues right now. Re-recruiting your players every year. Oh, yeah, I know. You know That's got to be horrible. Yeah, they lost, they lost their top receiver. Well, one of the top receivers, Harold, mm-hmm. which was a deep threat, uh, to Alabama. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which would have been a key player to come back. Oh, yeah, that would really know, help the league gunning him out. Yeah. So now, I mean, you know, of course they brought in a couple transfers. yeah. You know, that D. Wiggins from Miami and Tyler Hudson from uh, Central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, you, you're building. You see yourself building. You're, like, getting there. And all of a sudden, a key piece gets snatched away. One of the big boys come through and pluck yeah. whoever you help develop. I mean, they're the ones that put in all the work and all the training and yeah. got this kid to yeah. the level to where he can shine for them. Yeah. And then you get someone like that that says, you know what? Nope. We want him. Yeah. I mean, the kid, he went through <laughs> spring. Yeah. So th- I mean, the mindset is you're gonna be here, you know, and exactly. now all of a sudden he's not, and now mm-hmm. we gotta we have to make adjustments now, and it's, it's gotta be tough for a coach because you you know you don't know you go through the whole spring thing. Okay, I think everybody's coming back. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, after the spring, 
And you hear him wrong. He gone. You know, they didn't know. He just hit the portal. I'm like, what's going on? Why you hit the portal? Uh huh. You know, and, and, and this is the crazy part also, because, you know, after spring, there's also a dead period that they can have, you know, have contact with players. They're, yeah. not, even con- they're not even having communication with players. No, no. They still can't even talk. They can't talk to their own player. Yeah. But some player on the other team can talk to their kid. Right. And then pluck them away and pull them right. and get them to go right. to another So you team. really have to build your off the field staff. You know, to yeah. stay in communication with the kids, yeah, at all times. Yeah, they can have, yeah, they can have some off the, you know, off yeah. the field staff. Yeah, like you need a, a really good friend. <laughs> you need, yeah, somebody, man. And you know, that's the thing because it's tough. Because I mean, once you get a good one, you know, even if it's like ex head coaching experience or whatever, mm-hmm. there, there's people looking to pluck people from your staff. Oh yeah, of course, you all know? the time. Yeah. Because the last thing Louisville wants to get into this year mm. is a close game that comes down to the kicker. Because their kicker is horrible. <laughs> their kicker went 14 for 22 last year. That's horrible, dude. <laughs> I, I would assume, you know, you know, you got some walk-ons there challenging. They better. For this. A soccer player. Well, if it wasn't song. that, he should have been checking the portal. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some and dudes out there. You go back and you look at some of their games last year. They finished six and seven, and then you think, well, man, what if they had a reliable kicker? Where even not even saying that he missed the field goal, but you're on the twenty-two yard line, you should be getting points. And yeah. you're like, nope, gotta go for it because this dude over here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess a good thing is they do have two really really good DBs coming back. They do. They got Clark. He had three interceptions and nine pass deflections. And then a little sneak preview. They have a guy named Keytrail Clark. He tore his ACL last year. But watch out for him this year. If he stays healthy, he could probably be one of the best defensive players in the ACC. He's a lockdown corner. And if he didn't get hurt last year, he probably would have went pro. So overall, I could see Louisville still going to a bowl game, though. Yeah, yeah. Last year, what, six six and seven? Yeah, they went six and seven last year. Lost their bowl game. I think I think a bowl game is really prominent for Louisville. Just off of their quarterback talent, I think he'll get them to a bowl game. Yeah, and that's key. I mean you gotta have that you gotta have that that, that dude behind center, man. And that, and a lot of these teams do have dudes behind center, so it's gonna mm-hmm. be challenging. So let's get to the real interesting topic. I know a lot of our number one fan base so far in Tallahassee wants to hear about. Let's talk about FSU Seminoles. Man, Novelle, I see here. It, is he on the hot seat? It, that, it, yeah, I was going to ask you, is, should there be a question mark behind that? Well, or? man, look. <laughs> look. I know what they should do, and I know what they ain't going to do, unfortunately. If that man only wins hmm. four, five games most next year, do I think he should be there? No. Will he still be there? Yes. I think uh, fan base is going to miss mix. Fan base mix. So you can't really just go on fan base. Based on expectations? Yeah. No, I'm just saying he has his supporters to say, hey, it's taking a little more time. He had to come in and build his, you know, his team, his offense. It was horrible when he got here. He had a COVID year. So you have those fans. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. And then, you, of course, you have those, you know, the old heads saying, you know, all right, man, it's time. You know, I see other teams around you and coaches that came in the same year that you came in that's trending upward. Mm-hmm. You know, making bowl games at least. Exactly. You know, so they, they're oh, like, yeah. come on, man, we should at least be making bowl games. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the question now is where do we see FSU trending? See, that's the thing. Are they trending up? Are they trending down? Or are they staying the same? I mean, what are you noticing? <laughs> well, right now they're really just staying the same. I mean, there's only one game difference. Where they won four games one year, then five the next. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I like I said, if he doesn't win, honestly, I think if he don't win eight games, he should not be there next year. I don't. The time is now. But like I say, will he be there? Yes. Why? Because they're still paying Willie Taggart four and a half million dollars a year. Right. They're paying him three and a half million, three point seven. They're paying eight million dollars a year for a head coach for a substitute teacher. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, so far, so far. But 
So like I said, far, but, what's we, the, what's but that's the thing we've seen. Well, we've seen what Novell has done. Mm-hmm. It was solid. Yeah, you, you know that 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 Memphis team probably could have come to the ACC and challenged. But under that argument, Al Golden did great at Temple. And what he do in Miami? But, yeah, but that Temple to me, the Temple team wasn't equivalent to the Memphis team. No, not quite, but that was a solid-ass team. Yeah, it was solid, but I don't think it was equivalent to what Memphis was actually doing, offensive-wise, no. anyway. No. I think they were seriously putting up some some numbers. They, they had an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, so I think they were they were, they were were really, really good on the offensive side of the ball that could have probably cha- – definitely could have challenged in this conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? true, true. Just looking at it, it's, it's like, okay, so what, what's your next move? Do you do – you, and that's the thing, because I mean, there's some some saying Willie didn't get enough time, but how was Willie trending? True. And I was saying well, Willie now, couldn't close the game. Yeah, but that that, his that's what problem. I'm saying. He, he had to lead in the fourth quarter, eighty percent of his games. Yeah, but that's the thing. The he game. wasn't tr- trending upward. Like, okay, he had that the the previous year, and what about the following year? So yeah. he didn't he didn't trend upward. No, he stayed the same. So is it? And we've talked about this because looking at the ACC coaches' salaries coming into this year, mm-hmm. Mike Norvell is ranked eighth. Mm-hmm. In 2014, which we looked the other night, Jimbo Fisher was first when he was here. So is it a coaching issue or an administrative issue? Because they've gone through multiple presidents. They've yeah. gone through multiple ADs. They did both multiple fault. coaches. Yeah. I mean... Then they're both at fault. I mean, they, they take a, a a little part of the responsibility. I think they're both. You know, yeah. one is yeah, the administration really hadn't been, you know, knocking out the part. <laughs> no, no, I blame it on more on the administration because just like we said, from what they're paying Norvell to what they're still paying Willie, mm-hmm. they could afford a Cristobal. Right. They could afford a Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. a James Franklin, a Dabo Sweeney. The reason why Norvell will be here next year because if they fire him and then they hire another substitute teacher at three and a half million dollars, they would be paying more for a third string head coach as what Alabama's paying Nick Saban. To me, that's an administrative issue. They it's, they they got to clean the books. It's part of it, but there there again, it, I guess it go kind of go hand in hand because you you you've you've seen some group of five coaches move up and was successful. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that they won't be successful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I really don't. I think, like we talked about the other night, I think this job's too big for Norvell. If Norvell was doing this at Oregon State, no one would even know who Norvell was. But because he's at Florida State, a blue blood, a top-tier team, I don't know. But like I said, I I don't even blame Norvell. Like I said, I think it's an administration. It's it's some responsibility because, like I said, one is you're you're in a talent-rich state. You, oh yeah, you should be hitting it with recruits, especially with the down years that Miami and Florida had. Yeah, you 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 should you still should be pulling some recruits. You're you're in the state of Florida. Most a lot of these kids are um, legacy kids. legacy. They're the legacy kids. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. A lot of these kids grew up watching Florida State. A lot of these kids even grew up in Miami that probably didn't like Miami and say, "Yeah, I'd rather get out of you know." Not the state, but just get out of the city. And I like Florida State. They like the tradition. There's been a lot of um, ex-Miami players that go to Florida mm-hmm. and and Florida State to be successful. Oh, yeah, of you course. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So you should be able to recruit this state. This state is so rich that everybody else is coming to the state. Now, this ain't the only state. It's not the only state they're coming to. Well, yeah. But it's one of. Oh, yeah, of course. And yeah. they're coming to the poor recruits. Yeah. So, so why ain't he getting the recruits? And and that's that's the question. That's the question. What's his strategy in recruiting? What's his sell in recruiting? What would the sell be? We ain't been to a bowl game in three years. Yeah, but we're that, trending downwards. Yeah, that's what tradition, I'm saying. Because these kids don't give a damn about tradition. Yeah, these kids didn't know who Bobby Bowden was until he died. But this is this is interesting, and and it may not make a difference even to running backs. But did you know this Mike Novell from from Memphis when he was at Memphis? Has four running backs in the NFC East. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Exactly. Damn. Got running four running backs. Huh. That's you know? interesting. So I mean, to a running back, that'd be a sale. To, you know. Yeah. Go, go to the league. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. What What was he bringing from there that he can sell? 
Yeah. You see what I'm saying? As far as his history. Yeah, I mean that's all he can sell yeah. is his. Yeah. Because like I said, these kids they don't they don't give a damn about tradition. They don't care about none of that no more. Yeah. I mean yeah. I but also too, I still think to be successful every now and then you catch lightning in a bottle. But the ones that stay at the top and stay successful, if you look at the top ten salary head coaches, those are gonna be your top ten in the AP yeah. or the college football yeah. playoff. Yeah. I mean, he's making three point seven five. You got two new coaches in the same state yeah. making at least double what you're making. Right, right. The one from Cristobal from Miami mm-hmm. is making 8.5. And how much is? Um, uh, like 7.1. Yeah. Yeah. I say to be fair to Norvell also that what those two are coming into versus what Norvell's is coming into is he's following Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. You know, what? they're not really following a, t- a coach that won a championship. True, true, true. You see what I'm saying? So they know from the previous regime, the previous two coaches, Bobby to Jimbo, they mm-hmm. both won championships. You know, now to be fair to him, Standard and the the team recruiting, it wasn't actually there when he got here. Man. You know, it had trend, it was trending down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, who got put in the be- left with a better position? <laughs> Miami, Florida, or FSU. With these three new, with these three coaches, when they came in, who was given, who was given the better, the worst position? I'll say, who come into more of a dumpster fire from a? Well, he came into more of a dumpster fire. Exactly. Yeah, he came into more of a dumpster fire. But then again, these other two, but you got to think about the other two were were sick of losing longer. Yeah. You know when last time really Miami won. Yeah, that's true. You yeah, see what I'm saying? They've, they've been there like... Oh, they had that up and down with Mark Rick or whatever, yeah, but yeah. outside of that. Yeah, and then, I mean, they had the highs and lows with Mullen when he came. But really, those two fans hadn't won a championship or even been in the playoffs. No, no, neither one of them. <laughs> you know the what I'm saying? For say at least, from their last coach was Jimbo. Yeah. At least won that's the championship and kind of maintained that level of expectations Mm-hmm. For a year or two after, because I mean, you remember they were playing Alabama that first year. They yeah. still was high. Oh yeah, of yeah. going to the, the championship. So this fan base, it hadn't been long. They were talking championship. Yeah, and that was in twenty sixteen. Correct, was it? it was or seventeen? Sixteen or seventeen? Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about r- roughly four, or five, five years. Yeah, four or five years. Yeah, and trust me, I'm not hating on FSU because I know no, people are going to listen. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, Steve, you're just hating on us." No, I'm not. I'm not hating on them. It's just I try to look at everything from a broader perspective, mm-hmm. and people have such tunnel vision that they forget that Jimbo's last year they had to pull that UL Monroe game up that got suspended. From a hurricane to make a bowl game. Right. Like, everybody forgets. I'm not knocking Willie or even Norvell. I think Jimbo left FSU in a horrible position. He caught this thing on fire. He turned around. He threw his Christmas tree out on the curb up in Golden Eagle. And he got in his car and he went to Texas. Yeah. And a lot of people overlook that or forget that, that he left. He lit the dumpster. And turned around and walked away. And now these two coaches have been stuck with trying to get back to where they're supposed to be and where they should be. Mm-hmm. But it's an uphill battle. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. And, and and also during that time with Jimbo, there were some players, I think, that departed too soon for the league that probably would have helped if they'd stayed mm-hmm. uh, Willie's first year. Would have yeah. helped, you know, build the team a lot quicker. But when you don't have those pieces and you're still trying to get pieces and coach at the same time and you're not winning in a way that they want you to win. Exactly. You know, because the expectation here yeah. is 10 wins, compete for a division, compete for yeah. a national I mean, championship. I mean, new coach, it realistically, they, they kind of understand, you know, your first couple years, you know, if you can get me seven, eight wins, they, they're at least looking for a bowl game. They're Which hasn't been here. Game. Since Jimbo's last year. Yeah, they're at least looking for a bowl game. Well, yeah. then uh, they actually went that Willie's second year when he got fired. Because Odell, I think, coached. Oh, him. yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Sun Bowl, they played against yeah. Herm. Yeah. And they lost to Arizona State. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, they're looking at least, you know, minimum, dude. You you got to get a bowl game. Exactly. You got to get six. Yeah. You know. And that's why I say. I think, I think it's more of an administration problem here. 
You got to pay. First off, we got to clean the payroll. Mm-hmm. We got to get all these mm-hmm. people off the payroll. Yeah, We got to finish. And, you know, that's what's so funny. I looked at whenever they gave, like we was talking the other day, they gave Norvell a one-year contract extension. And I was like, why would they give him a one-year deal for winning five games? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> who gets an extension for not making a bowl game? And then we was looking it up, and his extension runs out the year that they finished paying Willie. Right. So do you let Norvell run the course of his contract so you can clear all the money, and then do you go after uh, whoever type coach at that time? Yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows what their mindset is? Are they actually looking ahead and preparing just in case this season don't go well? Are they looking at potential hires? Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I will say this: I, mean, I know their running game will be good. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of running. running. (laughs) But I think they have some pieces. They brought in some transfers. They brought in some pieces. Defensive side, I think. I mean, they've been there long enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they, you know, they they should, you know, definitely get better there. Offenses-wise, it's not that them getting better, but is they're getting better, better than the teams that they're playing getting better. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a challenge. See, the one thing, too, I didn't like is I didn't like how I saw a thing where FSU fans was burning Deion Sanders' jerseys because he got that kid to rec- to commit to him, that Travis Hunter, yeah. that DB. To me, I don't understand that. Recruiting is recruiting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Regardless. Now, I will say I think they ought to bring Deion here. If Deion come here, Deion's a big enough name, has the alumni ties, and will keep them in the news that will spark something around them they haven't had in a long time. Yeah. But will the hiring firm be the ones well, that pick that? Well, that's the thing also, though. But with, <laughs> with Dion, I mean, it's going to be even a lot of pressure with him, too, if he come in here. You know, because the expectation is going to shoot through the roof. Oh, yeah, of course. It's going to be championship or bust. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think he could turn it around quicker because like you was talking about you yeah. see how fsu's been doing in recruiting not that great yeah he can get them kids in florida to stay yeah yeah, yeah. he definitely turn recruiting around it definitely do that it's just you know there again expectations i mean how long are you gonna give him you know dr yeah i give him five years yeah i mean you can give him a five-year contract but how long will you actually give him if he's not dominating the conference <laughs> look what they've been giving these two that's what I'm saying. But Willie, Willie was gone in like a year and a half. Well, true. I, yeah, man, like I say, I'm, I don't think Willie was a great fit, but I also don't think Willie got a good break. No, nah, they didn't give him much time. No. But, I mean, look at the time they're giving Norvell. I know, but then you they You got to give him more than you give Norvell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they will. Oh, He's going to make it clear. Oh, yeah. And he's going to make all his money guaranteed. <laughs> oh, he's going to make it clear when he comes in. Mm-hmm. So, it's gonna, this is what it's going to be. Now exactly. You, and you're going to give me time to do it. Yeah, because he'll sell the process. Yeah. Not yeah. not the end result. Yeah. It will. Yeah. Hey, all right, so we've been on this for a minute. So <laughs> <laughs> this year, honestly, looking at their schedule, I mean, outside of Syracuse and depending on what quarterback Louisiana has, like we was talking the other night, every team they go against is going to have the better quarterback. Yeah. I see five wins. Yeah, which was interesting. I I listened to some some guys here recently. They were talking like seven, seven and a half. Where is I? Mean, I don't know. In Kentucky, that, that's what they were. <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. So I heard. I'm like, whoa, seven, seven and a half. I'm like, dude, how are you just gonna walk through that? No, and just say, you know, nah. I don't get it either. Six gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah. Six, six gonna be tough. Yeah, and we didn't even speak on, which we'll get to on our games of view. Mm-hmm. That last game might be the game to decide it. It may be. But we'll get to that when we talk about our games to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing we got coming up here is Syracuse. Dino Babers, seventh year, hot seat. Yeah, I think that it's the same topic every year. Yeah. And would he be back? You know what I'm saying? Would mm-hmm. he be on the hot seat? He's still there. Yeah. Seven years. 2018, he went 10 and 3. Yeah. His other five years, he's 19 and 40. And that's the thing, man. It's, it's that hope that they can sustain. Okay, he got there, you know? Mm hmm. And, uh, but that's the thing. And, and it's going to, well, I don't know. A lot of people really pay attention to it. You know, a lot of times, like, what coaches come into. Yeah. You know, 
did they come into a good roster where the coach really didn't develop them, yeah. but he recruited well? Mm-hmm. You know, that can happen, too. Oh, yeah, that happens a lot. You know, and but this new guy can come in and develop them, but he may not be a great recruiter. You got you got mixed mixed emotions about it because it's like okay he did it he just did it but he's not doing it now he's not sustaining it. Mm-mm. Well, the issue may be that the other guy, previous guy, probably was a pretty good recruiter, left with some decent players, but he's not able to maintain the recruiting. You know, and the problem they're gonna have this year, <laughs> no, they're gonna be young on defense. Yeah, but the problem, I mean, their schedule. Yeah. They got one freshman, eight sophomores, and two juniors on their defense this year. Yeah. I mean, as if the times don't get hard, they're going to get a little bit harder for Dino. Yeah. Seems like a great guy, but he just, and maybe he's, I mean, he seems like a decent coach, but Syracuse too, I mean, yeah, they've had great years. They've had Heisman Trophy winners and Donovan McNabb and Jim Brown, and I don't know. I think now they've turned more into a basketball school lately than a football school. Like I said, some some guys can adjust and some can't. I mean, I don't know how he's adjusting to the new college football, you yeah. know, because you know, anytime I mean, you 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 get a decent player, but you're not playing well. Mm-hmm. He's all, always got that option of getting out of there. Yeah, you know, I'm playing I'm playing pretty well. I can go, you know, kind of upgrade myself to a better team. Mm-hmm. So looking for a better you know opportunity, it's like I got him. I got this key piece. But you, if you're not winning... <laughs> yeah, they ain't going to stay. They're not going to stay. No, of course not. So in our next school that we got, we got Boston College. You want to talk about a team with a lot of injuries last year. Yeah. Quarterback is probably probably a top 10 player at Phil Jerkovic if he's healthy. And he's healthy coming back in this year. And last year, they only averaged 11 points a game. That's the thing. You, you, you don't know which Boston College is going to show up. Mm-mm. You know, you you got expectations high. You know, they can be solid this year, and then they just don't they don't pan out, yep. you know, offensively, defensively. Losing games they shouldn't lose. If they if their quarterback stays healthy, that Phil Jerkovic, their defense only allows 16.7 points a game last year. Now, you know, with this kid being a potential first-round pick, and they have that Jaden Williams, that's – you want to talk about a kid that stood up for that NIL thing. That kid was offered a lot of money to transfer away, mm-hmm. and he decided to stay where he was at. Right. And now, so he has him back. He has a 1,000-yard running back back. The quarterback's back. They got a grad transfer from Notre Dame to play tight end. If their defense can hold what they held last year, I don't see them only averaging 11 points a game this year. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, are, are those guys enough? I mean, yeah. even through all that, they went six and six. I think they could win eight games this year. Yeah, they'll they'll be in they'll be in a lot of games. Kind of curious who goes up to Boston College late in the year because yeah. that's got to be some cold games up there in November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll be in some games. It's just like I said, it's it's a week to week thing, man. You know, you know, they may come out on fire one week and next week, you know, you're thinking they pretty much got this one and and they're like a no show. So. Mm-hmm. It's hard to gauge Boston College. Yeah, they can't lay an egg anywhere. Yeah. So that right there wraps up all the different teams in the in the division. So now we're gonna go over some of the top games this year that we need to, that y'all need to look forward to that we're looking forward to also, as well. And September twenty fourth, pretty early in the year, could be one of the bigger deciding games in the ACC division. It's Clemson and Wake Forest. That that's the thing. It's at Wake Forest. Wake Forest definitely gonna get up for that one. Clemson quarterback play can't. Be what it was last year. No, and that's the game we was talking about earlier. Who would be the starter in that game? And yeah, that's the thing. I think those first three three games is gonna pretty much tell who's the starter. Because if you if you're if you're mediocre, you know, against those teams, and there's no excitement from the quarterback, mm-hmm. you take a look at the other guy. Oh yeah, and if For he sure. brings a spark or two, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. But the thing is, I think the first game. Possibly at least the second game, you'll be able to know by the second game. Because he, he's going to want that third game, his guy to get all those reps. Mm-hmm. To get ready for get the... Get prep. Yep, to get prep now for the for the conference. So, first, second game, crucial games. That, that third game, you'll know who the guy is. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they better get it right. Because even after that game, mm-hmm. then they backdoor on October 1st, just a week later, they're playing NC State goes to Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the first two games are going to be telling. The third game, you'll know who the guy is. He's going to get all the reps with the first team, try to work that chemistry. Mm-hmm. I can add a little more to the playbook. And get ready for the you know the the real season to start exactly. And by the fourth and fifth game, they'll either be leading the division or they'll be out of it, one way or the other. Yeah. Because NC State going to Clemson, I don't think they're scared to go to Clemson. No, I don't. No, no. I mean, all. I mean, everybody saw them last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they they I, they know they're vulnerable. Oh you know? yeah, you're vulnerable now. You know, and then like I said, you don't know how the defense is going to play. Play new D coordinator. Yeah. I mean, Venables, he probably hit a lot putting people in the right places at the right yeah, time. Yeah, they have a, a nice with a, a defensive tackle. But like I said, outside that, though, I mean, who are the dudes on the on the defense? I don't know. They it's used to have like dudes at every level. Oh, yeah. Two or three on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's going to be a challenge, you know, trying to get that defense um, back to where it was. Oh, yeah. And then pretty much by process of elimination in that conference – November 5th, we got Wake Forest at NC State. Yeah. That could decide the division right there. Start early. Yeah, November 5th. Yeah, early. Yeah, early in the uh in the season. And then followed by that, I think I think that game's gonna decide who wins the division. I do. Wake Forest at NC State. Good thing is NC State's got it home, which usually buys you about three points in the point spread being a home team mm-hmm. but I mean I think usually that game right there I don't think a lot of people will watch but that's a game I could see I could honestly see college game day going to if they're both rolling and they're both running because shoot was that beginning of November what mm-hmm. we, week seven something like that I could see maybe I don't know what other games are going on that week but we can see what's going on with that yeah let's talk with the teams in that division mm-hmm and then um, November 19th, we got the U going to Clemson. Mm. Yeah, and that's the interesting part because we're talking those three teams and they're playing each other. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple of them do play the teams on the other side, which is also a division game. Exactly. So that makes a difference. Yeah, and Clemson could actually beat one of those other two previous schools. Mm-hmm. And then if they turn around and lose the game to Miami, right. then it's all for nothing. Right. So it's going to be really crucial with these division games this year, the way it all ends up playing out. And then we got one to start it off week one. We got FSU versus LSU in New Orleans. Yeah, good game. And plus for F- FSU and, and LSU, it's not a division game. So nah. it won't hurt you there, mm-hmm. but a loss will hurt you. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, um, because although they're two different conferences, they got two different issues to deal with. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? LSU got to deal with the West. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Florida State got to deal with theirs, which is what the Atlantic. Well, who do you think would have the bigger school matchup-wise? But what gives you more of an advantage? That game, as LSU has it, as their first game? Mm-hmm. Or FSU playing a, a FCS school to get some reps under their belt before they play a team like that? you saying more of the advantage. Yeah. Because they're both going to have advantages. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about matchups or nothing like yeah, that. I, what, what would you prefer if you was a team? Would you rather that be your first game? Probably. Or? FSU probably still may have the advantage. Only because it, playing that team right there, you, you're hoping mm-hmm. you don't have to show much. Oh, yeah. But course. you're getting reps. See, you see that's, what that's what I was kind of leaning yeah. towards, too. I would rather get the game reps. Mm-hmm. Instead of pretty much the butterflies, <laughs> you know. What I'm yeah, saying? because because even even though LSU's not playing and they can sit home and say, "Oh, we're gonna scout FSU," but if FSU doesn't show much. Yeah, it, it's all for not because what okay. you're seeing is not what you're gonna see. Yeah, no, I mean, I would throw the most vanilla game plan I could. Oh yeah, out there against yeah. du- Duquette. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I would rather get the reps mm-hmm. instead of the rest. Yeah, I would at that point, that early in this first you, game of yeah, the year. Yeah, you know, I mean, you see it all over the all over the country where guys, you know, so anxious and little penalties jumping off sides mm-hmm. that that can add up. You know, oh, yeah. the first week it's first or so. game. Yeah, yeah. that can, that can really add up. You know, mm-hmm. you start being costly. Yeah, yep. it can be costly versus you know you kind of get the, like you said jitterbugs out early. Yep. 
and then you get ready. The you know? the thing I don't like though is it's in the Superdome. Yeah, the home at home. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. it's not home at home. It's not home at home. <laughs> it, That's what sucks. Is it's, it's not really, home at home. Yeah, but it is, but it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I would so much rather go to bat, play a game in Baton Rouge at night on Saturday. Of course. I mean, I think the players would much rather. Oh yeah. Play. I mean, you, you hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So they have the opportunity, which some of them probably visited as far as recruits. You know, yeah. you know, doing a home game or something, so they kind of experience it that way. But to actually be on the field during that game, mm-hmm. I mean, I hear it's an experience like no other. Yeah, it's electrifying. Yeah. That's that's the one game I heard Urban Meyer tell a story. He said that's the only game where he took his headset off to hear the crowd because the crowd was so loud it was making his pants, his pant legs shake mm. because of the electricity and the noise. And then the same whenever they could play FSU in Florida, they're going to go down to Orlando. No, bring them to Tallahassee. Yeah. You know, I mean, even if I was an LSU player, I wouldn't want to play FSU down in Orlando. I'd want to play them in Tallahassee. Correct. It's like the tradition, man. You yeah. always, I mean, I'm quite sure we all saw it, uh, especially these kids because they're younger, mm-hmm. when, when we actually had uh, college football video game. Exactly. So, you know, they were in those stadiums, and they yeah. saw the stadiums I was rocking. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it's like, nah, we're, we're going to go to some somewhat generic stadium. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I don't, to me, it doesn't make no sense. I, I would be upset as a student athlete if they panned it out like that. We're going to play them twice on a neutral site. Well, we play on a neutral site, and let's just play them in a bowl game. Yeah, that's crazy, because, I mean, you think about your fan base got to travel to both games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it ain't like either one of them's in their own backyard. So even your alumni, your fans, and everything else, like the one in Orlando, they'll have to travel, what, almost four hours from Tallahassee to there. Yeah. And then Baton Rouge to New Orleans is about two, two and a half hours. Yeah. When I could have just gotten out of my bed, tailgate. And right there. You know, party that night would hit. Mm-hmm. For Florida State, Madison Social. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that, I don't know. To me, that's the part that upsets me about that game. I yeah. really wish they were both actual true home-and-home games. Mm-hmm. And then another one, talking about great atmospheres at home, and I put this one on here just because September 10th, we got Boston College at Virginia Tech. Do I think it's going to be a great game? Hell, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But they do got it scheduled as a night game in Blacksburg. Yeah, and then Blackboard interesting at night. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. I they mean, play that inner Sandman. Yeah, crowd's yeah. going crazy. They do the walk coming in. Oh, man. That's an electrifying stadium. Yeah, and you don't know what to expect with um, a new head coach at Virginia Tech. You don't know what to expect. Mm-mm. That's Nuh-uh. the thing. It might actually be a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> it might actually be a pretty good team. Yeah, that too. Here's another one. We're getting kind of tight on time right now so we'll talk a little bit and not i guess extravagant as i thought we would but we got florida at fsu the day after thanksgiving i (laughs) i had this we had this discussion yesterday i don't think it's a good idea yeah not saying it is i i was just saying (laughs) i think i i was just saying the logic their logic behind it their way of thinking of of actually doing it you know I, I don't think it's... I mean, it doesn't matter to me. You know? <laughs> you know, they play it however. But I'm just saying their logic behind it, I think what they're trying to do to get the advantage, get all eyes on them. Like you said, of course, you, you, you're you going to have to have a pretty good season exactly. for them to even pay attention to you. So, I mean, if you're five and six going into that game, and it's at home, and it's the day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. they already scheduled it for 7.30 on ABC... There ain't going to be no other college football game on at that time until Wyoming plays at 10 o'clock. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. (laughs) But, I mean, me, like I said, I don't think, to me, it's a grab. I see it as a grab. We're just trying to, we're we're grabbing straws. That's all. We're just grabbing in the air, trying to pull straws and hoping like hell something will turn around and pop up. Because, like I said, regardless of how up and down, Alabama-Auburn play the next day. Ohio State-Michigan play the next day. Notre Dame-USC play the next day. Those teams aren't going to say, even if one of them was down, say, no, let's, 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 let's take the day before and be the only team on there. I, I get the viewership and the recruits and all that, but 
I think you're grasping for straws, and I actually think you're downgrading your own team by doing that. I say again, I think the logic is they're trying to help themselves. I, I'm thinking recruiting for the most part. I mean, because, mm. you know, normally for any of those teams, uh, the, even with Miami, you win the state. You win. The, you win the state as far as the game. You win the state as far as recruiting. Oh yeah, of course. Of and course. I, I think that's prop. That may be more of the agenda of doing it that way, and to get the recruits. Because I mean, a lot of recruits are probably outside of. I mean, even with this say shoot, if it if it is uh, Miami, mm. eight hours. You yeah. know what I'm saying for recruits to actually come to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, some even closer. I mean, if you hit the Panhandle, it's closer to Florida State. Central Florida is closer to Florida. You're talking what Orlando, Tampa area, three, four hours, mm-hmm. and you can come to the game if that's what you want to do. But there again, I mentioned it's a holiday. Yeah, so, Thanksgiving's the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, and so if people want to do that or they might want to just hang out for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what happens if you... Play that game, you get the break speed off of you. Well, it's, either either team, it's Florida all, or Florida. Yeah, it's State. all for not. I mean, you know, but it, it's more. I think it's more for Florida State because it was their choice. Oh yeah, to course. do it, you know, it's their choice. They get to choose when they play it. So mm-hmm. um, for them, I think they're trying to do that for their advantage. But yeah, either way, I mean, if Florida does get beat, good for FSU. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, somebody going it paying out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it, and then again, it's like it's how you win, and then it's how you come into the the game. Yeah, do you limp into the game, or are you there again? What the last? Well, I know, of course, last year, um, the two years before that, because the twenty twenty was COVID. Yeah, they didn't play that year. Yeah, they didn't even play. But the year before that, that last game determined who went to the bowl game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, are you coming in like that, or is someone? Are you both coming in? Eight nine win season on the line, are you? You know what I'm saying. So how do you come in, or is one coming in uh, already into the bowl game? The other mm-hmm. one's trying to get in. I mean, it depends how they come in. I would do it this way: if the week before that game, mm-hmm. if I got five wins or less, we're moving it to Saturday. <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's the, it's the home team call. That's no, the home, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's the home team call. That's what I would do. I'd be like, five wins or less? Nah, we, we're going to move that Saturday. We'll blend in 3.30 somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, I mean you know, the, the TV network to put them in somewhere. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> so, but those are our games to look forward to this year. I think there'll be some really good games in the ACC, some real competitive games. So, looking at our predictions, we'll go ahead and make our division predictions right now. And I'll go ahead and start us off. Um, first, winning the division, I think, which we talked about earlier, is NC State. Earlier in the program, I think they have a solid, solid team. I think Wake Forest is going to give them fits. So, that's why I got Wake Forest finishing second. Clemson, they got to figure out their quarterback, man. And they got to figure out their defense. Because no one in the defense is a, is a surprise. At least you always used to know – with Venables that the defense was going to be solid. And then I got Boston College finishing fourth. I think with them staying healthy and their quarterback coming back, I think he's going to have a great year. Like I said, I think he could probably be a first-round pick. Followed by them, I got FSU right behind Boston College. Like I said, they got to they got to get it together and, you know, they got a they got a solid team and they need to get back to where they deserve to be. Because college football is better when FSU is better. Mm-hmm. So, they need. I really want to see them get it back on track and get back on top like they should. Followed by them, I got Louisville. I like that quarterback, Malik Cunningham. I just He just don't have any help. <laughs> and then at the bottom of the pack, poor Dino. He'll be probably watching football in 2023 like the rest of us from the couch. So, that's yeah. who I got in the ACC task. Who do you got for in the division? Uh, pretty similar. Top two the same. Actually, uh, top three the same. NC State. I'm looking for them to kind of take that next step. Wake Forest. Be right in the hunt with them. Of course, Clemson. I got them third. It just depends um, on quarterback play. That's mm-hmm. huge. Right now, I think NC State and Wake Forest got better quarterback play. Oh, yeah. You know, that makes a difference. They can put points on the board. But... Who knows? They make the change that can change. Oh yeah, you know. Fourth, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning to toward FSU. 
which was, which was challenging. I mean, I think Travis has some experience, can kind of get some stuff done, bring a little excitement to the team. I think the defense will be better this year with the experience. Mm-hmm. And then I go with Louisville. Like you said, they're outside the quarterback. They, they're going to be struggling a little bit with playmakers. Oh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, they're going to be struggling a little bit. But for some reason, I mean, they, they do kind of stand up, you know, in this conference against certain teams. So, you know, who knows? Lightning in the bottle. It can happen. Then I go with BC next to last and then followed by Syracuse, of course, with Dino. You know, Dino's always been, you know, near the bottom and always being questioned. Will it be back? Will it be gone? Who knows? He'll make the end of the season. But we'll see. All right. So that's our predictions. We went over the games, broke down the teams. So I think that wraps up our ACC Atlantic episode that we got. And so don't forget to follow us, like us, download. Download. Whenever you're listening to it, make sure you hit the download button. That's how they keep track of us. So we're starting to learn this as we go along. We are. So, But our next episode we'll have coming out will be the ACC Coastal Division, where we'll break down the same thing. Pitt, we'll talk about all the different winners, who can win this year, if they're going to stick with divisions and all that. So that's a little sneak peek of what we got coming up on the next episode. So, like I said, just don't forget to check us out. Like us, download, follow, tweet us, all that other good stuff. And, well, Taz, I think that's all we got for this episode. You got anything? No, enjoyed it, man. Always enjoy these episodes. Enjoy the people, you know, logging in from all over. Uh, Appreciate you guys, you know, for checking us out, man, and liking us. And uh, hopefully we can kind of keep you interested, man. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, uh, you have the website up. Yeah, yeah, the website, um, or go to Facebook. It's a lot easier that way. I got to update the website, but go to Facebook, check it out. You can shoot us messages. Yeah, and what, what's the uh, what's the, the, the page for Facebook? College Football Sunday. College Football Sunday for Facebook. Yes, sir. Yeah, so check us out, man. Send any questions or whatever, if anything you want to hear outside of what we're talking about, just send it in, and uh, we'll do our best to answer the questions for you. All right, everybody. Well, that's the end of our episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a good one.